Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ding dong, the gutter's dead. Hey gang, new episode this week. As all weeks are new episodes, right? Gutting the Sacred Cow, proud to present our live show coming to you March 26th. Carasotis Movie Theater in Secaucus, New Jersey, which is 10 minutes outside Manhattan. And of course, Bill and Joanne, our favorites, are going to come back and do Office Space. Wowzer. 90s cult classic film under fire. Here we go. Tickets on sale at eventbrite.com and then search for Gutting the Sacred Cow. And promo code I'm not going to tell you what it is, but here is a hint. It's a phrase we always use. Make sure the phrase is all one word. Don't space it out. Promo code for 15% off. You figure it out. Ready? This week, we brought back Don Jameson, who did Matrix and gave it a zero, and then Die Hard and gave it a zero, returns to do Leaving Las Vegas. Gather around, here's what I know. It's just that... Drugs to the left, hookers to the right. Kevin Israel, name that film. Uh, I know I should know this one, but I can't. I'm not going to pull it. Don nope. Jameson is throwing up his fingers here. I think Don think he, he knows what's going on. Don, what's that film? Oh, I have no idea. I was oh. <laughs> trying to bag on, on Israel, but um, <laughs> it's not Reservoir Dogs, obviously. Nope. But. nope. No, it is not. 1984, a little classic film called Bachelor Party. Oh, I love Bachelor Party. Who doesn't? Chugs Nick the, the dick. Nick the dick. Too easy. <laughs> Kevin goes. Tony Catane's young, gorgeous, exposed breasts. Oh. Uh, she was. Oh, she was. That's right. That's right. In the bathroom scene. Yeah. The, the, when R-rated comedies were, you know, gratuitous titties and just who gives a shit. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel back. And my favorite scene, by the way, of that film is when Hanks is just taking a home run swing to every tennis ball because that's what I do. With my, par- <laughs> my parents in Naples and they hate that. We're back. We're back with Don Jameson, folks. Don, what's up, buddy? How you been? What's going on? Well, um, thank you for having me back. I appreciate it. It's my third appearance and certainly yes. uh, winning an award for <laughs> one of my takedowns last year. Uh, yes. Definitely kissing my ass definitely helps get me to come back on, <laughs> on the podcast. And I, uh, I hope I don't let you down tonight, although I'm not as quite as enraged about my choice. Um, but, I, but I do feel very confident about it. I, Don has the dubious honor of being the only guest to come on and give well, one, but even two zeros, the films that he hates. <laughs> if that's not right. pure that's right. <laughs> unfiltered vitriol, I don't know what is. I mean, again, we just had the last guy come on and he goes, Jaws, hate it. Rah, 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 rah. 
five. I go, that's not really hating it. <laughs> that's being mildly upset. Like you're stuck in traffic for more than 30 minutes. Kind of upset. That's not yeah. hating. <laughs> Tom comes on the matrix sucks. Die hard sucks. Zero. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Yeah. I had like, I had definitely had anger management issues after I did those two episodes. <laughs> well, if you think the matrix was a zero, wait till you see matrix resurrections. That's a negative 14. <laughs> And I fucking hated it. So Don today has chosen a film that I don't think it's going to cause as much as an uproar as his first two, being that those were uh, top 50 films of all time, I'll dare say. Don has chosen this time Leaving Las Vegas, 1995. This came out when I was in high school. All right, when I graduated. Budget, four million bucks. Box office hall, $49.8 million. 2022 money? $6.9 $6.9 million budget, $86.6 million haul. Not too bad. IMDB, one through 10. Well, Don, it's a fucking 12 times on 17, 13 times investment. That's pretty good. <laughs> IMDB. Um, so, uh, math, math is in my strong suit. I see. <laughs> if you wash two socks in a hotel sink in, in the Four Seasons and it wash two more in the bathtub, how many socks do you have? How many? How long will it take you to blow dry? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, when will the train meet in Iowa? <laughs> in Albuquerque. <laughs> was there ever a bigger waste of time than having to know those? Well, the two trains left here at this time, where they intersect. No one gives a shit unless you work for Amtrak and you're on the same track. No one fucking cares. Yeah, that, um, that was for that was only for Joe Biden. That equation, <laughs> the king of Amtrak. IMDB, that's a good reference. IMDB is a scale one through 10 with decimal points. Hey, Don, what do you think leaving Las Vegas accrued on the old IMDB? Um, well, I, look, I don't dispute that the film did well and it was up for lots of awards and stuff, and which is kind of why I really was thinking about doing it because I remember at the time thinking, really? Um, so I'm going to go, I would probably a 7.5. Kevin Israel. Eight, eight. One of you is dead nuts on. And one of you stayed across the hall from Ron Wood, Don Jameson. Seven, five on nuts. Not bad. Rotten Tomatoes critics score one through 100. Kevin Israel critics leaving Las Vegas. What do you have? This was this was a critics darling. I got to go. Ninety two. Don Jameson. All right, I'm going to I'm going to play the prices right with him here. I'm going to go 91.5. <laughs> one of you <laughs> I'll 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 get rid of the decimal point, but one of you is dead nuts on. And that person happens to be wearing an ACDC shirt. God damn, Don Jameson God. again. John. Unless, he, unless he's cutting cheating. the sacred cow award winner right here, folks. <laughs> unless he's cheating. This is an amazing feat. Uh, very good, Don. Back to you. Audience score, Rotten Tomatoes, 1 through 100. Um, Rotten Tomatoes score. Audience. Hmm. I'm going to put that up there probably around 91. Kevin Israel. I'm going to go lower. I'm going to go 83. 85. <sighs> okay. Right on there. Quotes. I'll take things that Kevin Israel says for in Vegas for $600. For 500 bucks, you can fuck my ass, come in my face. <laughs> just don't come in my hair. I just washed it. Other than that, <laughs> this film is not quotable at all. 
<laughs> Not one bit. What, what, what was his name? <laughs> hey, oh. Israel, what quotes do you have? There wasn't. There was the, in the very beginning when he goes, and I'm great in bed. Mm-hmm. Don, there's any quotes? Uh, any quotes with you? Um, I, I don't know. I was supposed to prepare a quote. Well, no, you have to prepare. I'm just saying, does anything jump out at you? Uh, well, her breasts. I was gonna say, or Elizabeth Shue's tits. I swear to God, but <laughs> here we this are. This whole podcast gonna be a review of Elizabeth Shue's breasts. <laughs> It, it really should be because that, that was the let's highlight. Just, let's just cut the chase. It's a 10 out of 10 for her. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, if you haven't seen it, just fast forward to an hour 20. <laughs> you're, you're the less popular Mr. Skin. <laughs> it's Don's screensaver. Yeah. By the way, I told Israel, Don, Don wants to do uh, leaving Las Vegas. He goes, Kevin goes, I never saw that. I go, you never saw Elizabeth Shue pouring bourbon over her tits. That's the only thing this film is known for. Uh, five fun facts. Five fun facts. Whoa, five fun facts. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. The movie is based on a book by John O'Brien, and he killed himself before filming began. The hooker at the bar who ended up to be Mariska Hargitay was supposed to be Naomi Campbell. And why did she drop out? To promote her album. Oh, yeah, the Naomi Campbell album. Yeah, that's uh, next, I think, uh, three weeks on that Jameson show. I can't wait to see that episode. The girl from (laughs) Law and Order, right? Yes. I said to to my wife, uh, I was like, I think that's the lady from Law and Order. And she's like, no. And I was like, I yes. think it was. And then I forgot all about it. God damn it. I was right. She's very stunning in this film. She does not look so good now. No, she does not. Something I, happened. By the way, her mother is, if I had to go back and if I had the ability to go back in time, to go, you can fuck any actress you want to. It's Jane Mansfield. And that is her mother. Lost her head in a car accident. Did you know that? Okay. So before or after the car accident? Uh, she was in the back seat during that car accident, surviving. Well, no, I'm how, saying how long you... was she dead for? 25 years. I'm still good. No. <laughs> She's still. The, my favorite. My, so I, when I go to Vegas, I say at the Cosmopolitan, and they just took this down. It was a huge blown up picture. You've seen it a million times. It's the one where James Mansfield's at the table and her tits are blasting out. And Elizabeth Taylor, or yes. sorry, so, Sophia, Sophia Loren is giving her the, the, the bitchiest side eye. Side eye yeah. I want that for my fucking basement when we get a house. Such a great picture. Isn't it, though? And her tits. But you know what? The story behind the picture apparently isn't as bad as what this picture and i can't remember what it was but it wasn't what it looked like apparently she said something and that's why she was looking at her like that not because her boobs were falling out of her dress she's amazing what did your nipple say to me (laughs) (laughs) the hook i'm sorry a well-known drink manufacturer demanded their labels be blocked out and paid to have them blocked out because they did not want to advocate a film where a man drank himself to death Nicolas Cage decided to star in a film, this film partly because of his miserable experience filming the 1994 comedy box office flop Trapped in Paradise, stating that he wanted to get out of the sun and make a serious project after that one. Never saw it. No one did, apparently. 
When Ben pawns his watch, he remarks, 500 bucks for a 93 Rolex Daytona. Such a watch starts at a minimum $20,000 used. I said that. I said, I said to my wife, I was like, I think that's a $25,000 watch. No. No. And now it is time to go to the audience and find out what's been sitting in their craw. I should have pulled this up instead of sitting here gabbing away with you two lads. I like the concept of uh, the, the liquor companies uh, paying them to not have them promote them in their films. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like being a comedian and you, you go you go do all these TV pilots and none of them get picked up. Right. And eventually you're just like, yeah, the, the industry is basically paying me to stay off of television at this point. That's called a development deal. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to Ask a Gutter. Ask a Gutter. You gotta ask a gutter. Where we have our fans write us and ask us to ask our guests questions for the taping. Tonight's episode has, I'm stalling here. Where the hell, why are you trying to get a new computer? Uh, Don from Taco Shirt Killin, Krillin. What is your favorite game to play at a casino? Um, I, don't, I don't gamble. So, you know, I just like to mess with people who are gambling. You know, there's nothing, nothing better than fucking with people who are losing their kids' college education money. Um, I just like to play pranks with people. We do a thing uh, on the Monsters of Rock cruise every year because um, they have a casino on the boat. And so they decided they were going to let me and Kip Winger walk around with live mics and basically insult people for two hours while they lose money uh, on the boat. So <laughs> that's probably my favorite thing to do is, uh, yeah, be, be, be an asshole with Kip Winger on the ship. I can't imagine uh, what smells worse. Do you think Kevin Israel comic con or the monsters of rock cruise at sea? Oh, my God, that must, that must be a sight and a smell. You know what? No one's bringing aboard that ship deodorant. <laughs> or Only the milfs. Yeah. What's like the, yeah, that's a question on a one to 10. Like what's the, I can only imagine it just be messes upon messes. Get aboard for those things. What is it? Is it the five, the high water mark for a, for a gal to come on these things and to do it? I should say too, I guess. Yeah, this there's definitely a lot of fives, myself included. <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a, a solid six, Jersey five. Don. I'm, a, I'm a Jersey six. I'm a Miami <laughs> three. <laughs> He's a Camden eight. <laughs> uh, next question, Brandon, Brandon Oglesby. What what point of the movie did you think Nick Cage was hallucinating this whole encounter in Vegas? Oh, that never really that never occurred to me. I, um, you know, if, if someone's hallucinating, I would assume it would be a lot more interesting than what was going on on the screen. I see. Katie Cohen says KG already knows how I feel about Don Jameson. Do I, Katie? Do I? Next, I don't Elizabeth, but she has a follow up. Who doesn't love Elizabeth Shue as a hooker with a heart of gold and a bad Cheryl Crow song? It's with an S, not a Z. Well, took you down, didn't she? Mm. Did she have a heart of gold? I, I thought she was uh, she was an enabler, if anything. But whatever. yeah, yeah. Do you think Nick Cage from Wicked Awesome 
do you think Nick Cage could have found more mind enhancing substances to al- than alcohol to kill himself slowly? At least he could have mixed it up a little bit. Well, no, I, you know, I doubt he was true to the character, which, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, whether whether you thought it was, he he played a, a good alcoholic or not, that's up to um, I'll leave that up to me. <laughs> something something says that this will be a character study from Don Jameson tonight. And that's all we have for Ask a Gutter. So, Kevin Israel, if uh, we'll let you get back to dinner as soon as you let Don Jameson come out there and... Guts. Guts. The, the sacred, sacred cow. <laughs> it always says sounds good on our end. It never, yeah, no. it never sounds good in post. <laughs> oh, really? When you do it in post, doesn't it's 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 sixty forty at best. Um, I would leave to me. Leaving Las Vegas is. A run-of-the-mill lifetime movie with a little booze port on top of it. You know, LMN with a little extra edge and some boobage. Um, you know, it's it's the, the opening scene. The opening scene is supposed to set the tone, right? When you when you see a film, like when you read a book, the first sentence or the first paragraph is supposed to draw you in and make you buy in instantly into the story. Well, the opening scene in this movie is Nicolas Cage acting like a dork, going up and down the aisles of a liquor store, just throwing random bottles in. And it's like, I was already like, okay, movie's over for me. Because that's not, that's not how alcoholics act. Alcoholics like their thing. They like vodka. They like tequila. They like whiskey. They'll drink anything if that's all there is. But they like certain things. They don't just go up and down the aisle throwing bottles in there. So I was already like, okay, I'm already, I'm already out of this. He's already playing. This is not how an alcoholic acts. And then it proceeds to get worse. He's getting hammered at the restaurant. He's hammered at the bar. He's drinking vodka in his car. He's chugging the bottle in the strip club. This never happens. No, no one walks around like this and drinks that much, and they're still standing at the end of the night. And I'll be honest, that whole scene with the, his Hollywood uh, cronies there, he was, didn't seem that drunk. Like, they were all kind, it was like this kind of fake outrage, like, oh, he, he slurred a word. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, and then I guess you're supposed to know sitting at home is like, oh, he's going to be kicked out of Hollywood now because – you know, back in the mid-90s, you know, nobody was not a boys club or anything in Hollywood. Right. No, <laughs> none of the guys got together and got shit-faced and grabbed women's asses. Harvey Weinstein was a perfect gentleman back then. <laughs> um, but driving down the street, drinking the bottle and all, it's like, it's, all, it's like all so cliche kind of stuff. And then one thing, he's drinking a bottle of whiskey. Another thing, he's drinking a bottle of vodka. I mean, come on. He would have been yeah. blacked out long ago. If he wanted to be a real asshole, he would have thrown an N-word out there called Richard Lewis a something <laughs> anti-Semitic slur. That would have gotten the party started. Yeah, it, 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 it honestly didn't seem like he did anything that outrageous. No. You know, like, you know, being the D-level D celebrity that I am, I've actually been. Oh, when did you gra- wait, 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 wait. When did you graduate? 
<laughs> yes, I, I just got because I'm because of my 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 webcast on Compound Media. I've, I've gone up to D list. <laughs> Go uh, off. <laughs> but no, you see people in these situations and they're getting hammered and they're having fun. And it just was it just seemed really silly considering like how insanely, you know, how crazy drunk he is the, the rest of the, the film. Um, you know, the whole thing at the um, the whole scene at the bank where he has the DTs, it's it's and he, he puts on that voice. It was like I thought it was like he was trying to do Tony Clifton in the bank. You know, I was like it was like an Andy Kaufman thing, like some kind of performance art. And I don't know. It was just very over the top. And his hand, his hands were just you could tell he's like he's shaking his hands. It was very over the top, you know, in the office when the secretary comes in and he's uh, he's on the phone and it's upside down. I mean, that was <laughs> it's Rudd's fucking goofy. That was yeah. I mean, that was that was douchier than what stay what what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. You know that was <laughs> that was painful. Um, so yeah, I mean, just everything was either over the top or just I I thought played the wrong way. Um, now I will say this that I, I did feel as I'm watching the movie that a lot of the things that made me not like the film were potentially things that happen in the edit room. Um, so in other words, a director thing, which is you have to go down and edit the film. And the main problem is you see Nicolas Cage. All right. Let's say you buy into everything, all the cliches, all this, all these stereotypical stuff about being alcoholic, but he had a wedding ring on the whole time. You know, the only time you ever, there's ever a reference to his family is when he's burning his stuff and they show a picture of him and his wife and his kids. But it's like, you got to know what that, you know what I mean? You got to know what that history is to feel, feel something for his character, Ben. Like not knowing, you know, his, that he was a family guy before. And, and let's be honest, not knowing any of his story whatsoever. Why would you care if he was the drunk? Like, right. what were the circumstances that led him here? What were the circumstances to make this guy abandon his family and his children and become this, you know, was it, you know, was it being in Hollywood and going to parties where it's obviously everybody, you know, partakes and overindulges? Is it that or, or was it, was his family alcoholics? Is it, so there was no, nothing to base his alcoholism on. And so why would you care? So then you get to, so now you're ready for some action. Right. Here's Elizabeth Shue, smoking hot. She's a Jersey 15, right? <laughs> She's having a threesome, and you don't even see her breasts. Very disappointing. You know, she's with, she's having a lesbian thing with the girl. Her boobs don't pop out. So I'm like, oh, come on already. Let's, you know, throw Donnie a bone here. All right. I'm not enjoying this. I thought you were going to help me out here. He goes to Vegas. He runs into her on the street. And that's another one of those things. It's like, what a cliche that it, that's like a Hallmark movie. You know, when the when the female vlogger leaves the big city to go write a vlog and make a blog about, you know, a little Christmas town in the country. And the first guy she runs into is like the hottest guy in America. And he knocks over her computer and then you know they're going to fall in love instantly same kind of foreshadowing in this movie the minute he runs into her in the street you know he's gonna 
you know he's going to see her again. You know what, exactly what's going to happen. You already know the end of the movie. I mean, Charlie Sheen has probably fucked 80,000 hookers in Las Vegas. Even if he tried to find the same one again, he wouldn't be able to. Right. But, of course, Nick Cage finds her again. And, of course, she's instantly attracted to him. Guy can't get a rod, but she wants him to move in the next day. <laughs> right? Has that ever happened to you, Kevin Goatee? Listen, usually that's the, that's better for them if you don't get a boner. Because, like, oh, he's going to fuck me all the time. I don't have to be on, on guard. But, yo, that, that's never, that doesn't happen. I've never been with a girl and I had a soggy six and I tried to thumb it in and she was like, that was awesome. Come back tomorrow. <laughs> thumb it in. <laughs> thumb it in. Like he's in demolition, man. <laughs> Please move in with me. Um, no, come on. It's, yeah, where is Mrs. James? Where, where is Mrs. Jameson right now? Tell her to come on camera. There is, there is no Mrs. Jameson <laughs> for, and for very good reason. But, um, <laughs> I As he was screaming, I got laid on the tour. <laughs> <laughs> Three points. Well, that was off camera, but thanks for bringing it on camera. Um, but to edit everybody that out. knows I watched I watched socks on the road and get laid. Um, I didn't think Elizabeth Shue was 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 terrible as a hooker, but she's she, I mean, that was her in her prime, man. I mean, the, the the thing that bummed me out about it is like she never looks worse during the film. Like she like gets hotter during the film. You know, they, they try to pass her off as like this heart of gold, you know, hooker, but hardened by life. But every scene she looked like an angel. You know, and she was never drinking, never doing drugs. I mean, that let's be honest. That's what hookers do. They drink and they do drugs. And she was doing none of that. You know, I mean, you know, it's what she she looked like she did in Adventures and Babysitting. But it doesn't work in Adventures and in, in Prostitution. Oh, stop it. She was 50,000 times hotter here than Adventures in Babysitting and Karate Kid. This is... But I'm just saying with the, 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 the wholesomeness. She was just okay. too wholesome. Right. I agree and, with that. Yeah, and and really, as the movie went on, she she almost seemed to get even hotter. Um, but I yeah, I just found Nick Cage like he was a worse addict than Ben Stiller was in Permanent Midnight. <laughs> See, that's when you guys won't even get. I I've, I haven't oh. seen it. I just know about that that being written. I, I haven't seen it. I heard it's a, it's a it's a shit show. That's why I laughed. And no hooker's gonna stay. Even though well, you don't, you're not going to pay her. No hooker staying in the room overnight. It was like it was again. It was a Hallmark movie kind of thing where she fell in love with him within 30 minutes. That never happens. Um, the other funny thing that goes on through the whole movie: bartenders, cab drivers, everybody has advice for him. You know, he's in the cab and go, "Well, uh, looking at you." Uh, I would say you better quit drinking now. What nobody's saying that in Vegas. No cab driver, no bartender. They're just like another drink, sir. Yeah, another drink. You know, cab drivers are not trying to get you to quit drinking. They want you to drink more because then they go, "Hey, for another twenty bucks, I can hook you up with a good hooker, or I can get you, you know, I can get you some good oxy over here at the other side of town. I'll take you over there, or take so it, to a, or, or take it, or take it to a strip club where they get a cut of whoever they bring in there by saying, "Take this flyer, go over there to fucking, you know, Olympic Gardens yeah. or whatever." Yeah, exactly. Then he's in the hotel. It's same thing. He's got fifty types of booze. That's not what alcoholics do. Alcoholics try to hide it. 
alcoholics hide everything and try to act normal. They don't just put it all out there. I understand he was on a, a he was on his way to kill himself and all that stuff, but eh, you know, didn't buy it. Um, plus, you know, like his, you know, that whole thing with him, that was an average weekend for Charlie Sheen. Let's be honest. It wasn't that bad. Right. Um, uh, hour 20 in, we finally see her tits. We covered that. Um, but it's definitely worth mentioning again. Um, <laughs> Drinks. Oh, here's the other thing. So another thing about drunks, and this is this is part of the missing history that I thought maybe we'll get it while he, we have these scenes with the two of them and he's drinking. But the one thing drunks always do is brag about their successes in their past. Right. They always go, uh, oh, yeah, I used to be a writer in Hollywood. I wrote this movie. I wrote that. I did this. I fucked this actress. I blah, blah, blah. That never happens. He's just a total sad sack. And again, you never learn his story. So I, I really had no sympathy for him. The one true, the truest part of the film, and this is my favorite part of the film, is that he goes out, he gets hammered, and he brings back another prostitute. <laughs> now that rang true to me because one of my heroes, Ozzy Osbourne, once did the same thing in Japan when he was there with Sharon Osborne, mm -hmm. his wife, and he went out after the show, got hammered, and he forgot Sharon was on the road trip with him. So he brought, brought a prostitute back to the room. And uh, that didn't end well for Ozzy. She beat the shit out of him. I read his book, too. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I did like that part, um, but maybe that's just because of the Ozzy thing. Um, yeah, the cab driver, the advice. Um yeah, and then and then what happens? End of the film, she finally bangs the guy, and he's and he dies. But I didn't care really because I didn't really care about him. I had no, I had nothing to base caring him about anything. So, um, well, she said she's good and her pussy's fantastic. So I guess that pussy killed him. It possibly <laughs> it's a pussy has killed before <laughs> both realize she had and so so from my worthy and sober um uh, just look at let me just quickly go through he's so uh, uh yeah I, I mean you know i don't want to i don't want to make fun of you know everyone knows he's a hairy i don't think he's an appealing guy right he, we know he's very hairy he's like you know if the guy in american werewolf in london like like stopped halfway in the transition that's what Nick Cage looks like. He's got the big giant. Does he like, really? Like when I think of Harry, there is no one more Harry actor wise than I can think of than Robin fucking Williams. And he's dead. That is the hairiest. He, that dude yeah. is like Grizzlore from He-Man. Deep cut for all you fucking He-Man nerds. That dude was hairy as <laughs> wow. fuck. Wow. You like that? That was Kevin? like third generation. Wasn't it? I knew you'd get it too. <laughs> I knew you'd get it. He, like, he's He's more hairy than I am. I don't know how you are, Israel, but he's but he wasn't like, holy shit, that guy would be worse than Carell in 40 year old virgin getting his chest waxed kind of hairy. Like, it wasn't that's that what I was gonna say. Yep. Was it really? Here we go again. <laughs> you know, he's got the eyebrows like a current 16 year old would have, you know, the big thick brows. I don't know. He's just to me, like when I saw him in films before that, I'm like, this guy's not a really leading guy or whatever. But and I don't you know, I think he's a below mediocre actor. He wasn't bad in this. She wasn't bad in this. 
I just didn't care. And I'll just, I'll just leave on one painful note for both of you guys. The Latvian pimp <laughs> was so over the top bad. He was the Hans Gruber of pimps. Oh, <laughs> you, <laughs> you cunt, you. <laughs> Is that what I've gotten from you? Is that you're going to call me the C word? You attack Hans. I loved it. You attack. I love the reference. I love, I love it too. But I mean, you had to go and attack a perfectly great film with a perfectly well. We'll see where I stand. Film and associate. Son of a bitch, you. You son of a bitch. Well played. I I, I doff my cap to you, Kevin. Is that's all I got for you? <laughs> well, oh, before we go to you, Kevin. Don, give me a number. One to ten. Is it another zero for the hat trick? No, no. It's I, like I said, I don't I didn't have rage about this. I just I thought it was I was more bored by it than anything. You know, the other ones I just I you know, I just wanted them to be over like forever. This one I was just like, I can get through it, but but it's just kind of dull. Um I would give it I give it a three point five. Mm-hmm. Kevin Israel. Why don't you go from the on-deck circle to the batter's box? So this was a weird one for me because I'd never seen this movie before, but I'd always heard about it. And when Goatee told me that Don had chosen it, he said leaving Las Vegas, and I thought fear and loathing in Las Vegas. And I was like, oh, I hear that's a really weird movie. And so then when I went to buy it on Amazon and it came up and it was Nicolas Cage, I was like, oh, it's that movie. It's not the movie I was expecting. It could have been worse. So, it, could have been, it could have been Honeymoon in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> so I had absolutely no idea what this... I know that Nick Cage won an Oscar for this. But outside of that, I knew nothing about this movie. I had no idea what it was about. He was nominated. He won a Golden Globe. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry, sorry. Um, so yeah, I had, I had no idea what this movie was about going into it. I agree with a lot of what Don said. The movie... Basically, the, the little preamble to the to the movie before there's the which I love in 90s that there were like th- there was like theme music at the start of movies, which they just don't do anymore. They just mm-hmm. stop with the credits. So there was theme music. So the, the, the intro to the movie basically sets up all the backstory they're willing to give you. He's a failed writer in uh, La- in Los Angeles. It, shit goes bad for him. He's kind of on the outs and he ends up losing his job and he's clearly already you know, falling down the spiral into alcoholism. Um, and that's it. That's all you get to know about him. And his wife left him. And they do show that weird scene with the hooker licking his his ring off his finger, which I was trying to figure out if she was going to swallow it or not, because I was like, do you have to pay extra for that? Um, <laughs> but so and then so that's it. So then he goes out to Vegas and then he just starts drinking himself into oblivion. This was so a weird movie for me i barely took any notes because i was i was really it, it, the movie the, it, i was kind of taken with the movie and not necessarily because i was enjoying it it's a very depressing movie to watch it's i mean you, you know don't watch this if you're if, if you're in a bad mood or you had a bad day or you know if you're if, if you're trying to bring yourself up from something it's a really depressing movie and it's not much of a movie because there's not much of a plot just things happen and it's just about this guy just falling into the spiral of alcoholism. The whole thing with the pimp, the, the Latvian, wherever he was, pimp, that was so weird because it felt like that. Like, so Nick Cage runs into the guys who end up killing him randomly. As, and I guess that's supposed to be some like me. There's some meaning behind that that I didn't get. And then 
you know, he's this he's this asshole. He beats her up. He, you know, he has sex with her. He's he's, you know, using her. And then suddenly he's just like, leave. And then he gets killed, apparently. And that's it. That the, the character served almost no real purpose in this, I guess, other than to show that she was constantly dependent on all these assholes. I guess I don't I don't know. Her character didn't interest me nearly as much, obviously, as Nick Cage's. Um, I thought, I mean, look, my first experience with Nick Cage was The Rock. So, uh, and then, you know, is The Rock, then Face Off, then... Wait a uh, minute. Wait, you don't recall him from his, his best film moment ever in Fast Times at Ridgemont High while serving burgers? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that was my first, my first experience <laughs> with Nick Cage. But, there, I mean, it was The Rock. It was face off. It was Con Air. Those are, you know, those, those are the, the it's, it's, a, it's the, Kev, the cage uh, trifecta. And which he, he's pretty much the same person in every, in all three of those movies. And then you see this and it's like, oh, wow, he could actually act. Like, yeah, it was over the top, I guess. But my, we had a, we had a buddy in high school whose father was an alcoholic and was dead on like Nick Cage is in this movie. He was really likable at some time and he was like over the top charming and he would say these crazy things. And we were like 14 and, and that, like it didn't occur to us what was wrong with this guy. I would just always be like, and we always kind of looked forward to seeing him because he'd say like weird shit. And then like <laughs> years later we were like, oh, he was a terrible alcoholic. But he he was also just like that that was the only way he was and i and i don't know a ton of alcoholics thankfully but i i imagine that you're one kind of alcoholic you're either like the violent alcoholic or you're the overly like nice like gushing kind of alcoholic nick cage was every kind of alcoholic in this movie at times he was like over the top charming at times he was violent at times he was like falling down he was every kind of alcoholic and i don't know that that's how it works but I could be wrong, but I do. Wait, think hey, Kevin, that- can I just jump in real quick? Sure. Where, where, where did you find him charming? Because I agree with you. Like you're right, that is a that is a part of it. But I didn't see any of that at all. Like even when he was at the bank, when he comes back later to the bank, you know, the second time after he's been he was shaking, and the woman was like yeah. kind of creeped out by him. And when he comes back after a few cocktails, he that would have been an opportunity for him to be charming to her, and her kind of go, oh. Yeah, yeah, I like well, this guy. He's no, kind of cool. And you're right. I mean, I think I think you saw bits and pieces of him being charming when he was interacting with with the hooker, and he was like, he he got into that almost like theatrical type character where he was like, and I don't know if I would call it charming, but I'd call it more maybe more amicable um, of a, of a person. But the 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 bank scene, and it's a great point. That scene where suddenly he's like. Well, I don't know what he was like directing a movie, looking at that girl, saying all the stuff he would do to her. And it was going back and forth. And I was like, there were so many points in this movie where I was like, I'm not smart enough to appreciate this movie. There's clearly stuff going on that I, that I, that I need to find out. And then I actually, I, I did a bunch of poking around afterwards and there really wasn't a lot of meaning behind the movie beyond this is what happens when you, you know, this is when you fall apart. Like it was written by a guy who was an alcoholic. It wasn't necessarily about him, but it was, it was, it was motivated by his experiences and it was just about, you know, two lost souls who were codependent. You know, she couldn't get out of being a hooker and he couldn't get out of being an alcoholic and they found each other and then he dies. And it, and that really is that really is all there is to the movie. And while I think I, I was entertained by his performance, the movie itself, there just wasn't a lot to it, you know. And then to Don's point, you don't find out a lot about him 
You don't know anything about him, so you can't really be invested in him because he's already kind of a piece of shit in the beginning of the movie. And you don't know how he got there. And then at, the movie ends and it just ends with her monologue, you know, and she doesn't say he dies, but you just I mean, clearly he does. And, you, and you're robbed of that moment sort of, too. I don't know if she if he died while he was she was fucking him or, or what, but you don't get there's there's like no close and i guess that's sort of the point that you don't get closure in these kind of situations but i i don't i i felt so weird about this movie because i didn't hate it and i enjoyed his performance and it it made me think afterwards and watching a guy just spiral like that throughout for you know two hours was a lot um but i I just don't know how I, i just don't know how i felt about this movie this was such a weird movie for me and i feel like i should have seen this back when it first came out and i was so far behind the behind the pack and in seeing this you know fucking 30 years later but yeah it was just it was just a weird movie and don you make a lot of great points and i just don't know how i feel about it thank you well I, <laughs> like you know, i said because like, you see like a movie like pretty woman right that's completely over the top that's a fantasy movie right Right. that you you go there for the happy ending you know what's going to happen and you know no prostitutes look no no no. i go i I go to pretty woman to watch jason alexander try and rape julia roberts and then watching her beat the (laughs) shit out of him that's what i go for (laughs) well yeah that too but but in other words this (laughs) leaving las vegas is supposed to be a, a a true representation of what it's like to to have these two lost souls find one another and i think they just missed they were they were caught in in you know hollywood purgatory they weren't a fantasy film and they weren't a raw gritty thing that it promised to be right yeah it it, it was it, it had a very much of an obviously a 90s feel to it it had that i don't i don't know what to, what to call it but if if you if you didn't know when the movie was made and you just watch it you would say that was uh that's obvious this movie has that it had that kind of over the time like we're gonna try to be so artsy movie about a very you know hard raw top either way it didn't it didn't make it one way or the other but i did i did really like nick cage's performance so i don't know i I, it's just a weird one for me so for me i I, i'm gonna give it a five just because I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I'm never going to, I'm never going to watch this movie again. I'll probably never think about it again, but <laughs> I didn't, it didn't, it didn't like, I, I didn't regret watching it. Like I don't reg- like there were movies we've done on this podcast where I'm like, why the fuck did I have to sit and watch that for four hours or however long some of these have been, but this one, I didn't hate having to watch it, but I also know I'm never going to watch it again. And I don't even really want to talk about it after this. I didn't. Even, I barely took any notes because I was like, I don't even know. Like, I have nothing to say about this. Like, it's it was just weird. So yeah, that's it. Goodbye. Five out of ten. Don gives it a three and a half out of ten. Before we get to my notes, Kevin, Athletic Greens, man, this drink has changed my health so much for the better in the last month or so that we've been taking it. It doesn't taste like crap. That's what really stands out to me about this, Kevin. How about you? What do you think? Yeah, you know, I start my morning with it. It wakes me up. It's it's actually a substitute for my uh, my cup of coffee in the morning. I feel awake. I feel aware. Um, I definitely feel healthier. And if you don't have time, like a lot of us, just so busy not to eat all of those veggies and fruits and everything that you're supposed to be eating, this is a great substitute. And like I've said, it's not it's it's not too bad in the taste department. 
75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens get your day started right. And it's also keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, and less than one gram of sugar. That is fantastic for people who are trying to get better sleep quality and recovery. I love it because, first of all, it's it's way cheaper than you think. The founder of Athletic Greens, he tried to do a whole bunch of uh, uh, gut health issues and took a bunch of uh, different supplements. Cost him a hundred bucks a day. This less than three dollars a day. Now, trusting, but trusted, excuse me, by leading health experts like Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. I love this because it has over seven thousand five star reviews. Recommended by professional athletes. Now, what is in it for you guys? How about a year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs? So when I go to a bachelor party next month in Florida, I can drink this and then drink my vodka all day and stumble around like Nicolas Cage in Living Las Vegas. But no, this is going to be a fantastic supplement to take. You get so again, one year supply free vitamin D, and five free travel packs with your first purchase. And of course, athleticgreens.com slash triple X. Say, I fucked that up. Athleticgreens.com slash GTSC, as in gutting the sacred cow. Athleticgreens.com slash GTSC. All that to help you take ownership over your health and get your gut health, your sleep patterns, everything back in order. Athleticgreens.com slash GTSC. Notes. Nick Cage in the first scene acted like I did when I was eight years old in Toys R Us. Grabbing everything in sight and throwing it in the shopping cart and then had my parents say, you can only pick one. And then I took Megatron. Why is the blonde on the left at dinner even bothering wearing a dress? Those tits are pouring out of her dress like James Mansfield in the aforementioned Sophia Loren picture. Nick Cage is like every dude at the club on night one of their weekend Vegas trip. And I'm as guilty as charged as anyone else. (laughs) I've never seen anyone stare down a cop that much without getting pulled over, let alone even a white guy. When Nick Cage told the bartender to 86 him if he wanted to, I said, let me look that up because I worked in a restaurant. I don't know about you guys. You guys ever work in restaurants? Yes. Yeah. So you heard 86. Oh, 86 mozzarella sticks. 86, you know, quesadillas. 86 at hostess who put on 25 pounds from an unwanted pregnancy. Uh, I looked that up. Here is where 80. <laughs> I didn't hope for Don, too. <laughs> I was told I, I, there are several, several different origins for 86. Twofold, I found that were most interesting. On an on a, on a old school, pound, you know, touchstone phone or rotary phone, the number eight had the letter T and the number six had the number zero. T-O was the army code for throw out. And this mm. one, I, right? You thought that was a fun fact. Check out this one. Chumley. That was, was super fun. 
wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the sarcasm is so thick. <laughs> Chumley's, a bar located at 86 Bedford Street in New York City, to survive back during Prohibition, many speakeasies had the police on a somewhat of a payroll, so they may be warned of a raid. In the case of Chumley's, it is said that police would call and tell the bartender to 86 his customers, which meant that A, a raid was about to happen, and B, and two, they should all exit via the 86 Bedford door while the police would approach the entrance on Pamela Court. Wow, you went deep. <laughs> Top two searches in Google. That's all I did was copy and paste, baby. I got more important things to do. Who the fuck is carrying around a micro cassette, micro cassette recorder except Nick Cage, Van Wilder, and Kevin McAllister? The ongoing jazz music is beyond overbearing. I got sick of that real fast. It drowns out dialogue and the mood quickly and overbearingly, as I said. The I go to Vegas every year. Used to go twice a year. Now it's just once. That opening aerial panning uh, sweeping shot of the strip. I saw two to three hotels that are still in business. 26 years later, Vegas has changed a lot. Allie with an eye is much better as an older woman. Holy shit. Did you guys realize who, who uh, Elizabeth Shue approaches at the bar for the convention talk? That's Gunnery Sergeant Hartman from Full yeah. Metal Jacket. <laughs> I got a kick out of that for sure. A jelly donut, a jelly donut in your pussy. <laughs> I've been to Vegas at least 25 times. I've been approached by a hooker three for those of you keeping score at home, I guess I have the fuck off hookers face after 25 kettle and sodas all day. Don has a face for Groupon hookers at Vegas. That's my guy. And Binions, excuse me. Binions. Hookers must do more therapy than shrinks do, except hookers can give you chlamydia, but not a script for Zoloft. Here's my first problem with her as a hooker. That hit Don a little bit later. Okay. <laughs> Here's my first problem. She didn't eye up his roll of cash and try and take it not even once like a true hooker would. Yeah, you could have rolled them. I have, I have, and I told the story before this podcast, so forgive me. My, one of my very good friends got drunk, brought a girl back, banged her, doesn't remember shit. Oh, the next morning he wakes up, finds that his $25,000 gold Rolex and his $4,000 laying on the table side, gone. So he told me the first time I went, whatever you do, whenever you bring a girl back, you put the money in the fucking safe. I don't care if you're staying there naked with the boner and your condom on. You put all your shit, watch, wallet, everything in the safe and then go to town. Ironic. He washes uh, socks in the sink. <laughs> hey, Ron, can I borrow your sink? I've got four pairs cooking in this one. <laughs> I love how they have. Four aces as a pint, as a painting hanging above Nicholas Cage's bed in a $26 a night motel room, a winning hand for a loser venue. That's irony. <laughs> Just think Elizabeth Shue is doing the same thing Melania Trump did 25 years ago. And look at her now, America. <laughs> He's having a martini on a park bench and talking to a hooker, yet neither of the nuns tried extolling the virtues of Jesus to either of them? Someone's dropping the ball. 
Sarah with hey, look, we're gonna have to fact check your Melania Trump comment, by the way. <laughs> we sure can. Sarah with an E complains how lonely she is. I have an answer why she is, because maybe when she had dudes over her house, she would stop pissing with the bathroom door open. She can hang on to a guy longer than it takes for him to leave money on a dresser. She pisses that's why Jennifer Anderson's single. She probably takes shits with the door open. All right, I'll go fuck myself. How much do you think Prime Elizabeth Shoe could charge in today's time? My guess, 3000 I love Elizabeth Shoe completely enabling Cage's drunkard ha- habit when buying a flask and booze for him. Does that mean Cage has to indulge her by putting nipple clamps on her and then na- attaching a 9-volt battery to them? Yeah, I love how she gives him the flask, and then a few things later, she's like, you need to go see a doctor. Yeah, that's well, maybe how Maybe you should have bought him a flask, asshole. <laughs> and a suitcase full of booze. <laughs> I wrote again, this goddamn music is overbearing. Watching Cage- That's such a good point. Thank I, you. I was thinking that, too, but I did not quite know how to say it, but you said it perfectly. Thank you. The music's annoying. The director, was it Figgis who did this? I forgot. I, I should have wrote that down. He did the ja- He did the score for this as well. Shame on him. Watching, Shea- watching Cage go through the DTs and shakes must be like what for Don Jameson when he can't find his Abercrombie Kids catalogs. <laughs> I love So I love that you said the DTs because my son's initials are DT. And at one point, my wife was like, we could call him DT. And I was like, that's what they call the shakes when you're going through withdrawal. She's like, I've never heard that. I was like, that is what they call is the detox shakes. That's what they call. And she's like, I think it's cute. I was like, please don't make our kid be called DT. Well, what that, everybody learns about that. Yeah. <laughs> last I checked, your last name is Israel. It says the name should be D-I, not D-T. No, a lot of times you go by uh, first name and middle name. Mm-hmm. People call me KG. I don't know. Okay. DT, I, I would back you up on that KG, but you just you just um, alluded to the fact that I might be a pedophile. So I'm gonna <laughs> alluded. Uh, something tells me, as well as a few Vegas Uber drivers have told me, that Nicholas Cage has remained in character in the last 26 years. <laughs> yes, that's true. He lives in Vegas, and he every Uber driver because I always ask, "Oh, give me some of your fun stories." Nicholas Cage, pure drunk asshole. So art imitating life. I haven't seen a This End Up or Suncoast video in a mall in 26 years, but this was a pleasant surprise. Maybe, just maybe, I can see a few shots of a KB Toys, Orange Julius, or wall-to-wall signed video on the director's cut. Every time Elizabeth Shue tries on a new dress, it's getting harder and harder for me to continue watching this movie with pants on. <laughs> Drinking rice, orange. See, esoteric jokes. I love them. You know, you know that. You know that. Drinking a beer underwater is the truest form of an alcoholic and a blatant entry into a that doesn't happen category. (laughs) How the fuck do you do that? I'm going to try shortly. How how many takes do you guys think that Nicolas Cage intentionally fucked up when Elizabeth Shue poured booze on her tits? The answer has to be at least 15. Yeah. What's worse, a bud, a bud lime or a bud chlorine? <laughs> I don't know. They're both, I was going to say, both a sign of homosexuality, but I don't know. But... 
Never mind. Let's get back to our tits. Yeah, let's. By the way, have you seen The Boys, the show on Amazon, Don? She, and even Cobra Kai, she still looks amazing. Even at 50-something, she's still, mm. Uh, but how does the Andrew shoe look? That's what I want. <laughs> Very dead. <laughs> oh, he is? Uh, did he die? I think he died. Like, was he swinging from a rope hanging out? Go, go, Israel, Google that for me real fast. I think I remember reading that somewhere. Yes, that, sir. <laughs> sir. Sir. Oh, that, oh boy. You, you didn't click your heels and say, and I didn't say mock Schnell. No. So, so I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> drunk, drunk cage must be like a sober cage right now in terms of personality. Hey. They, they say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, but Mershka Hargitay falls pretty far from James Mansfield now. How about that? Nothing worse, and I repeat, nothing worse than going to Vegas and seeing a bunch of dudes with the same themed shirt for a bachelor party. But wearing your high school football jersey is worse than any T-shirt that says Mike's Last Hurrah. How about nothing more tr- 90s trope than a bad guy with a slick back hair into a ponytail and neck chain? This movie was not a fantastic, fantastic script for me. It was mostly about two great performances, Cage and Shoe. The story was fine. The execution was meh. I get why people may like this, Although I'm pretty sure people are not snapping their fangs at you if you attack this film. It doesn't infringe on pretentiousness like a bunch of these types of films that, you know, over that, that just spill over the Academy nominations. I get why people don't like this film. Some may hate it because it's depressing and may strike chords with them. It certainly isn't a Spielberg happy-go-lucky tale. I'm definitely not watching this ever anytime soon, if again. The cacophonous music throughout this film wore me out. There is more jazz music in this than there was Whiplash, and that's a movie about jazz music. (laughs) It was interesting to see Elizabeth Shue take on a role with substance instead of a manipulative high school kid who wants to see her boyfriends get demolished, credit Kevin Israel for that line of thought, or a babysitter where everything goes wrong and the miraculously unfucks itself when the parents come home. I, too, give this movie a 5 out of 10. And if I was the kind of guy that had to crowbar in every line he wrote down, I would say most of their exchanges were more awkward than the New York Jets butt fumble. (laughs) But I'm not that kind of guy. Let's see what the sure-fired blowhards have to say about this. Critics, five-star reviews. 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 This movie was like watching a car crash in slow motion. You knew there was going to be a crash, but I just wish it would happen already and not have to spend two hours getting to the impact. That was a five-star review. The fuck? (laughs) Dark and giddy at the same time, leaving Las Vegas takes us into dreamy, intoxicated places. No movie about an alcoholic has gone before. Have they not seen Lawrence of Arabia? (laughs) This film pulls no punches, takes no prisoners, and flies in the face of feel-good pictures. It's a relief when a film 
so dark, refuses to preach, trusting the viewer to draw his own conclusions about the roots of America's self-destructed funk. By the way, they shot this on 16 millimeter film because the budget was so low. That's why it's so grainy. Yeah. Critics, one star reviews. Critics, one star reviews. Critics, one star reviews. It certainly has the courage of its convictions. I think this person really went to to write was, it is what it is. <laughs> an obviously safe, bland, overpretentious reading of an ancient story, complete st- with the stock hooker with the heart of gold character. I didn't get that vibe about with that. The hooker, hooker in the heart of gold. Because everyone wants to feel like they're, dr- they're smart drawing a parallel to a film with a hooker. So every time you see a hooker, she's going to have a heart of gold. Depressing, dull, and dreary. Unfortunately, the movie isn't as a whole as good as it starts. In fact, it's a bit of a drunk itself, given to self-indulgent poses and poetic pretentiousness. I didn't think it was that pretentious, and usually this is the perfect time to do so. The film shifts from being morose to mean-spirited and brutal. No. What? Although it's funny watching Roseanne's sisters give them the old boot. Amazon five-star reviews. Amazon five-star reviews. Not for kids unless they drink booze. This movie shows the progression. <laughs> That's great. I can't skirt over that. This movie shows the progression of alcoholism. It starts impacting your life and you lose your job. You keep drinking even more now that you don't work. Your hands shake. You get sick when you don't get enough. You plan your day around having enough to drink. And then you decide to drink enough to yourself, uh, drink yourself to death, even after a beautiful woman befriends you and cares for you. And then you get a show of compound media. Just kidding. Uh, you fall in love with her, but your body loves alcohol more. Guess who wins? My question is, did Joe Namath write this review after he said, I don't care if the team is struggling. I just want to kiss you. Thanks, Joe. (laughs) Susie Colbert will never be the same. I watched that live and I almost, I came very close to pissing my pants. Sunday night football, Jets was a Dolphins. Chad Pennington was quarterback. I remember that. Yeah. Having Las Vegas in the title makes you think it is about a nonstop party. But it's very different. And I respect that, that there are a lot of Las Vegans who aren't vegan, but I digress. And cue the spitting tie and slide whistle. Not sure how to explain this movie. I guess I liked it because I have a history of drinking and come from the desert. I always found Cage to be a big goon in other movies, but he was impressive in this. So is Shu. I've re-rented this movie a few times over the years. Signed, Apache Chief in Ho-Chuck. I have a history of drinking and come from the desert. Thanks, Chief Thunderbolt. (laughs) I remember watching this movie years ago, and it was a good movie. Apparently, times change, and so do people, because I found myself bored. Again, that was a five-star review. Now, time for the Amazon one-star reviews. Amazon one-star reviews. Amazon, once our reviews. Amazon, once our reviews. Amazon, 
Oh, it's Made it to the 27-minute mark before I turned it off and resolved to never again subject myself to Nick Cage's eyelinered visage. What a waste of talent. He was good once, but I guess success went to his head and he developed expensive habits like buying castles. If there's a moral to this story, that's it. Signed, Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> hey, when was he good once? This was like a second yeah. movie. <laughs> I mean, he did. I don't. He did. No, other he was in Moonstruck before. Shit. Yeah, was in Moonstruck yeah. before yeah. this. Oh yeah, way before that was like eighty seven, eighty eight. And raising Arizona. Arizona. Yeah, mm-hmm. raising Arizona, right? And the aforementioned Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Of course, this movie is unrealistic for the most part and stupid. I tried to watch it based on all the positive reviews, but had to stop at least three minutes in. Stepped away for a while, and I thought I'd try it again, but lasted about twenty minutes in. When I decided to watch Teen Wolf instead, since that movie is more realistic, <laughs> I want a keg of beer. If he, he missed an opportunity for that one, guys. I don't know about you. Who's hairier, Teen Wolf or Nick Cage? <laughs> or his buddy Styles. Or the fat guy who played, who was in Pee Wee's Big Adventure and yeah. <laughs> Francis. <laughs> I, oh, and his and his line that will be immortalized from here to from here to, to eternity. Ready? Look, it's Enrico Palazzo. That's the same guy. I cannot understand the hype or good ratings, and I can't believe I watched this whole movie. Although I did walk away multiple times and would have turned it off. If you have to make it this far, you'll probably be disappointed as I was. Hmm. Okay. Her husband kept watching it. I wonder if he. I wonder if every time she walked back in the room, he's rewinding back to Elizabeth Shue pouring vodka on her tits and kept mumbling, "Alley with an eye, alley with an eye." <laughs> this is the worst movie I've seen since the Florida Project. I like that film. That was good. It's the kind of movie that only the drug-addled, hedonistic Hollywood community would champion. It's BS on steroids. The characters in this film are skillfully scripted as a dry riverbed is deep. You won't care what happens to them. You will just want to hurry up and finish whatever they're supposed to do. They're supposed to do. So the excruciating, so the excruciating punishment of watching this film will soon be over. My Watch. favorite review is still the, the one that said, it's not for kids, you know, like unless your kids <laughs> you drink drinking. <laughs> I was partial to the guy who'd rather watch Teen Wolf. Watch this and you will never be the same. Nicholas Cage can rot in a goddamn sack. Excuse my French. I'm all over this. Cr- I'm over this crap. What review? What part of the review was in French? That all looked like, looked like English to me. I hate when people say part of my French. That's so... Water cooler. Yeah. Which is French. (laughs) Look at you. Sneaky, (laughs) clever girl. Kevin Israel, (laughs) did Don Jameson gut this sacred cow? Yeah, I think he did. (laughs) Yeah, he's kind of cute. I'll go on a date with him. I, you know, I, 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 I think he's. The, the problem for me with this whole experience is that to me, this wasn't that sacred of a, like, I don't know. I, I had no experience with this movie and I still feel like I don't have an experience with this movie. So I agree with everything he said and that it's not such a great movie. And I guess it's, it's overrated for what people make it out to be. So 
Yeah, for me, he got it. Congratulations, Don, on my end, anyhow. Well, thank uh-huh. you. Cause, and, but also, you got to remember, and, and this is why, why I really fo- focused on this movie, was because the hype at the time, and look, anybody can go on Wikipedia or wherever and just see all the things it was nominated for. I mean, people were talking about, yes, Nick Cage, Best Actor, Oscar, It's Locked. Elizabeth Shue, best, you know, actress. Like, they were hyping this up so hard to win all these awards, and they did win awards. But, you know, that's where it really got me. It was like, okay, it's one thing if you go, ah, okay, I liked the movie, I didn't like the movie. But they really made this seem like, yeah, this is the gold standard by which all alcoholic movies will have to stand by. You're right. I re- and I actually saw this in the theater when it came out, and I remember everybody falling over themselves. Oh, this is so great! <clears throat> you know, when Nick Cage got the uh, the alert that he was nominated, he probably went, "Really?" Like, yeah, everyone went batshit over this. Like, oh, again, social issue. Hollywood is all over. <gasps> Ooh, a drunk who drinks himself to death and a hooker. Ugh, instant, instant. But you know what doesn't get nominated? Fucking usual suspects. Now that, my friends, is a true hate crime. All right. Finally said something that makes sense. <laughs> it only took an hour and change. I agree. Don definitely got off uh, his Ofer slide. And this, I, I'll give you credit. I will also say it did hang itself. I, I Again, I've said the same score as you, Israel. Five out of ten. This does nothing. Again, the people who voted for this, would they go back and go, I firmly stand by my choice to make this the best picture. They probably would go, eh, I think Braveheart was better. My two cents. Yeah. Don Jameson, you mentioned it before. So why not mention again? Where, are the, where can the good folks find you and what are you up to? Every Tuesday at compoundmedia.com. You can see that Jameson show. We talk rock, comedy, all kinds of fun stuff. Still have not been able to get the holy grail of all bookings, Kevin Israel, but we will get him (laughs) in at some point. KG has been on and is, uh, of course, always welcome back. And then uh, just, you know, follow me on the socials. Um, Come see me tell jokes sometime. And uh, as always, and I truly mean this, um, I do. I think this is really one of the most clever podcasts out there, and I really love oh. doing it with you guys. Oh, thanks, Don. Flattery gets you everywhere, and you're right; it is the most clever. And thank you. Yes, I we we love having you on. <laughs> <laughs> we love having you on, man. You definitely have a, a hell of an energy. We love you know we get along great, and uh, we drink pretty well together too. And you pick great films. This is an easy. This is an easy hat trick, man. You have an open invite. You know that. So anytime, of course, you have shit to promote. Just hit me up, you know the you know the drill, and uh, I'll see you compound for sure for some uh, long overdue drinks. Kevin Israel, how about yourself, sir? What are you up to? KevinIsrael.com for comedy dates and whatnot. Uh, calendar's finally starting to fill up again, which is nice. And uh, make sure to leave us a five star rating and a quick sentence, few sentence review on your podcast platform of choice. Kevin Goatee does the honorable work of honoring those reviewers who really stand out to us and don't you want to be one of them don't you want to be singled out and told how awesome you are and how much we appreciate you i think you do so leave us a review and a rating and that person could be you especially when you tell us that we mispronounce zeitgeist which i don't know any other way so please enlighten us KevinGoatee.com, of course, for NFL picks, dates, all other good stuff. GuttingTheSacredCow.com for articles. GuttingTheSacredCow at gmail.com if you want to advertise with us or if you just want to drop by and say 
high. GunnTheSacredCow.com, of course, also has our merch shop. Like the shirts that we're wearing right now are on sale, as well as mugs, bags, cell phone holders, N95 masks, you name it, uh, we've got it. Socks, that way you can bring those socks on the road to John Jameson and wash those in your hotel sink of choice. <laughs> yeah, somebody buy I'm going to go, some I'm gonna go right socks. now and drink. I'm going to go right now and drink some athleticgreens.com. <laughs> Slash GTSC. God damn it. Give it. Get us conversions. That is it for this episode. Don, we fucking adore you. Thanks again for coming on. Much appreciated. And we'll see you all next time. Take care. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.